0: You're not in this story. Yeah, well, we're making it up as we go. Welcome to Making It Up As We Go, a Destiel fan fiction anthology podcast. I'm your host and reader, Nerdy Nerdenstein, but you can call me Katie. The story is ours now. You can't have it back. Please be warned that this podcast can and will depict explicit sexual content and is not intended for young audiences. Welcome. Today I'll be reading Montage, Part 8 of the Good Books Bad Movie Series, written by Amelia Clark. This fic is rated explicit. The pertinent tags for today's fic include STIs, phone sex, mutual masturbation, anal fingering, dirty talk, come play, PDAs, spanking, rimming, anal sex, BDSM ish. Anxiety Attacks, Mild Homophobia, Domestic Fluff, schmoop, Mental Health Issues, 69 Sex position. If you are able, please go to the author's AO3 story and give comments and kudos to them for sharing this with us. The link is in the show notes. This will also be posted on AO3 as a podfic under my username, and the link will be in the show notes as well. Montage Part 8 of the Good Books Bad Movies series written by Amelia Clark read for you by Nerdy Nerdenstein Summary Cass and Dean plan to move in together in June but it's only January Chapter 1 Mid afternoon, the Wednesday after Dean's birthday, and Cass really did not want to make this call. Fucking responsible adulthood, he muttered under his breath, while Dean's phone rang on the other end. Hey, baby, miss you, came Dean's eager voice. I'm still at work, though, so don't try anything funny. What's up? Uh, said Cass. Brilliant. He wasn't going to think of a graceful way to say this, so he might as well be awkward. Dean, I have chlamydia, so you probably do too. A long, excruciating pause. Then, Oh, okay, huh, Dean said before lapsing into silence again. Terrified, Cass said in a rush, Dean, I'm so sorry. I didn't know, I swear. I've never shown any symptoms. I'm on antibiotics for a week. You should do the same so we don't end up passing it back and forth. He sighed, heavy and resigned. Fuck, Dean, I feel like such a careless asshole. Like I don't deserve to ever touch you again. Stop talking, Castiel, you fucking idiot. I'll understand if you think so. Cass, back the fuck up, man let me get off the floor cass stilled picking at a thread on his pants while he listened to dean breathe the sound of his office door pull closed look dean said after a minute look i'm not saying it's nothing cass but it's well not a huge deal actually for dudes at least i had it before once in college it's not great but it happens I'm not going to fucking break up with you over it, okay? For fuck's sake, we've never used condoms with oral, and I blew you the night we met. We weren't exactly getting an A in sex ed 101 anyway. No, I suppose not. Cass plucked the thread out viciously. But I'm the one who's... Who's diseased, Dean. This is on me. You should be angry. But I'm not, so, you know, don't tell me how to feel everything else is clear yeah yes but then we're good well i'll hit up the clinic for meds then we'll be good and hey look on the bright side we can skip the condoms from now on dean Cass said awestruck how are you doing this being so sweet and logical at the same time i don't know lithium and the love of a good man Dean's voice dropped to its sultriest range. A good man who's going to leave me fucked out and full of cum the next time he sees me. It took Cass a shocked second to answer. Holy shit, Dean, that is by far the filthiest thing anyone's ever said to me. Yeah, I'm a little scandalized myself. At work, no less. Naughty indeed. I think you're going to need some discipline. Cass knew he was blushing. He was still flustered by the whole concept of phone sex, dominant as he was in person. Dean groaned. Oh, God, I'm off in an hour, baby. Please stay in this mood for me. I'll, uh, have to delay some phone calls then. I don't think my other partners will be quite so understanding, which will certainly dampen my ardor. Oh, yeah, that might not be fun. You gotta do it, though. I know. Not looking forward to digging up numbers. And there's at least one person whose name I never caught. So that makes me feel ever so responsible. Dude, sex is an offender-bender. You don't have to exchange information. Just reach out to who you can. I'll make sure you're plenty relaxed. They rung off with, I love you. Dean's whispered, but distinct. And Cass sat staring at the wall, marveling over how well that potential minefield of a conversation had gone. Too bad it wasn't the only awkward talk he needed to have, and while he agreed with Dean that a rousing orgasm would probably calm his nerves, there was at least some groundwork he could do before then. He pulled up a text to Meg. Hey, do you remember that Harper editor I disappeared with during that BEA party last year? Do you happen to have his cell number? Dean was on the phone before his apartment door clicked shut, having spent the rest of his shift at a low boil. Cass picked up on the second ring. Hello, Dean. Still in the mood? Bet your ass I am, baby. Where are you, in bed? No, I'm on the couch. Where are you? Just got home. Give me a minute. Gonna take off my pants. He leaned against the kitchen counter and undid his belt. Rattling the buckle so the sound would carry. That is, unless you prefer I do something else. Ah, you want me to take the reins? I should have guessed. Cass paused. Dean picked at the top button of his jeans, but didn't undo it. All right, Cass continued. I'd like you to keep your pants on for now, I believe. But take off your shirt. Put me on speaker and get on the bed. Yes, sir. Dean said, only half-joking. He'd been trying to wheedle Cass into this for a while. It didn't make sense that he was always down for ordering him around in person, but so weirdly shy on the phone. Then again, Dean had gone through several months on the wrong meds when the thought of calling for a pizza made him go fetal with anxiety, so he was hardly one to talk. He obeyed, then prompted, "'Okay, ready.' Let me think, said Cass. There was a rustling on his end. Dean wanted to ask what he was wearing, but refrained. Run your fingers over your lower lip, slowly. Then across your cheek, along your jaw. It's my hand. I'm looking into your eyes. Dean did as he asked, picturing Cass there, stretched out next to him. He whimpered as he stroked his face. I'm looking back. Your eyes are so blue. They're like, they're like the sky. There's blue, there's gray. They change when you look at me. Yes, because I love you. You're the only thing I see, Dean. Everything else blurs when you're there. It's only a wash of color. Unimportant. Run your hand down your neck. Now it's my mouth. Just the tip of my tongue, barely wet. You feel it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Dean rested his hand on his collarbone, wishing he could just grab hold of his thickening cock and go to town. Wait for it. You want this. He held his breath for the next command. Touch your chest now. Pinch at your nipples like I'm biting them. You like that, don't you? Cass's voice was growing gruff, and his excitement washed over Dean. "'Turning him on even more. "'Yeah, I fucking love it. "'Love your teeth on me like you can't get enough. "'Like you're gonna just eat me up. "'I didn't think I'd like it so much, "'biting you and marking you up. "'But God, Dean, the way you want. "'It's so overwhelming. "'I want you, Cass. "'Fuck, why aren't you here?' "'Both of Dean's hands were roaming over his torso, "'his touches sometimes light.' sometimes grasping, tracing his own ribs with something like reverence. He tried to conjure up the sense memory of Cass's hands on him, how they made him feel, like he was real, like he mattered. Yeah, he was getting hard, but he also felt warm and safe, as much as he could not actually in Cass's arms. I wish I was. You're so beautiful, Dean, sprawled out and blissful. Tell me you know how beautiful you are. Even though it's not true? Yes. Someday it will be, Dean. Someday you'll believe it. And I intend to be there with you when you do. Dean exhaled. I'm beautiful, he said. I know it. Okay, I said it. Let me touch my cock now, please. Hmm, all right. Through your pants. Are you wearing jeans? Yeah. Oh, God, thank you, Dean said, moving his hand over his waistband and pushing up into it with a groan. You wearing leather? I was. I took my clothes off before I called. Leather pants just lounging around the house? You're ridiculous, you know that, Dean said. Mm, You love it. Still haven't gotten around to getting those clean, the ones I was wearing when I first made you come. Remember that? Fuck yeah, I do. So good, baby. Didn't think I'd ever see you again. Thought it'd be the only time. I got lucky. Dean was fully hard now under his palm, cock straining against the denim. You're naked? Yes, I'm so hard, Dean. Listening to you. The way your breath hitches when you touch yourself. Thanks for letting me. My jeans are getting tight. Can I take them off yet? If I were there, I'd tease you. But I'm not there to do it. So yes, take them off. Grab your hip bones for me. I love them. Dean did as he was told, moaning at the relief as his erection sprang free and taking firm hold of the jut of his hips. I like it when you chew on them. Me too. Fuck, Dean. I can't keep this up. I'm starting to lose words. That's the problem with phone sex. Talking gives out just when it gets good. You, uh, jacking yourself? Cass made a noise that was nothing like a yes, but impossible to interpret as anything else. Dean, do it. Come on, touch yourself. I'm going to slow down. I want you to come first so I can hear. You will, panted Dean. Oh, God, baby, it feels so good. Wrapping his hand around his cock, he pumped fast and hard. He was so worked up it didn't take him long to come, and he cried out nice and loud for Cass's benefit. Phew, he said after a spent moment. I'm a mess. I'll bet you are. Can you do something for me? Cass asked, voice hoarse with lust. Hmm, as long as it doesn't involve standing up. No, stay where you are. Dean heard him take a shaky breath. I want you to get as much cum on your fingers as you can, Dean. And then work your ass with them. Like I've just fucked you hard and cum filled you up. Dean's jaw dropped. Okay, he managed to say. And soon enough, his knees were hiked up high, a cum-smeared finger sliding inside. A thought struck him, and he flailed for the phone with his other hand to send Cass a picture. He grinned at the whimpered response, the slap of Cass's hand moving on his cock. Fuck, Dean, you look so fucking debauched, Cass gasped, and then he was groaning out his orgasm, Dean's name lost somewhere in the sound. Thank you, I needed that, he said, still out of breath. Yeah, that was great. You've gotten way better at this, Cass. I learned from the best. Ha, thanks. Hate to fucking run, but I gotta clean up. Find some food? Talk to you tomorrow? Always. I love you, Dean. Me too, Cass. I mean, I love you too. Chapter 2 Dean spent money he didn't have on a Valentine's gift for Cass, a box of fancy chocolates, lavender caramels, and champagne ganache, nestled like jewels in their crinkly wrappers. It's not enough, of course, but then nothing would be. And hell, if they're going to get together for this bullshit holiday, might as well embrace the cliché, right? So he went traditional, and the candy sat on his desk all morning, with a frowny post-it to deter sampling. He kept glancing at it, feeling the pang of its inadequacy, trying to counter it with the knowledge that Cass didn't give a fuck about a present, had in fact assured Dean multiple times he didn't expect one. But as always, there was a part of him that wouldn't listen, that told him instead that he was nothing but a taker, feeding on Cass's love like a tick getting fat on blood. Shut up he said out loud to the room and pictured himself stuffing the nagging voice into a garbage disposal, flipping the switch to watch it grind away. He'd picked up the technique a few years back from the therapist Sam paid for. It didn't always work, but today was on his side and he felt instantly better. Which was good because there was a knock at his door. Come in, he called, shoving his reading glasses up on his head. He needn't have bothered, as it turned out, because it was Cass, weary-eyed but grinning toothily. Hello, Dean, he said. Hey, Tiger, you're early. Dean pushed his chair out from his desk and spun to face him with an answering smile. Thought you were getting in late afternoon. It's barely lunchtime. Cass shrugged. I woke up at four and couldn't get back to sleep, so I figured why wait to see you? I missed you. Across the room in seconds, he threw a leg over Dean and lowered to straddle him, ignoring the chair's creak of protest as he bent to crash their mouths together. Dean kissed back feverishly, burrowed hands beneath his shirt to touch his skin. Cass's fingers tangled in his hair and sent the glasses tumbling to the floor. Cass rolled his hips, Dean followed suit, and they were well on their way to third base when the door was flung open again. I knew it, Charlie cried. For fuck's sake, you two, I'm going to invest in a fire hose if you keep this up. I'm happy you're ass over tea kettle about each other, I really am, but I work here. Keep it PG. Dismounting, Cash shot her a sheepish look. I'm sorry, we'll take it elsewhere. Or, you still have work to do, right, Dean? I guess I can take your keys and hang out in your apartment for a while. Charlie rolled her eyes heavenward. Ugh, whatever. Just because I'm languishing in spinsterhood on Valentine's, I'm not going to keep you two lovebirds apart. Especially since Dean will be all mopey and useless if he knows you're nearby and not actually chewing on his face. Go, go, I got this. You're a goddess, said Dean, bouncing up to gather his stuff. He slid the box of chocolates into his bag, hoping Cass hadn't noticed. Never forget it, Charlie said. She rapped her knuckles on the door. Leave this open till you leave. Cass had brought a small wheeled suitcase instead of his usual duffel, and it jounced up the stairs behind them as they climbed. He had a spectacular view of Dean's ass and a tight grip on his hand, even though it made things a little awkward being dragged along behind. Dean's pace was brisk, and Cass's mouth was dry with anticipation, knowing they'd fall on each other as soon as they were alone. He wondered idly if Dean remembered his spanking suggestion. Dean, he said as the door swung closed. What would you think of? mm?" Dean kissed the words right out of his mouth, tongue sliding deep while he cupped Cass's jaw in both hands. Cass melted into him pushed him toward the bed with halting steps. He was breathless and wild-eyed when Dean pulled away too soon. I got you a present, said Dean. But I told you not to, Dean. You've better things to spend your money on than me. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, Cass. Can't think of anything better. Medication? Dean rolled his eyes. Fine, be literal. Come on. You can't tell someone not to get you a present. That misses the whole point of presents. He set his bag on the bed and pulled out a shallow box. Ta-da! Sweets for the sweet. No, forget I said that, please. I will, I promise. Lifting the lid, Cass let out an involuntary moan at the sight of the confections. Oh my God, Dean, these look amazing. Can we eat them for dinner? Uh, okay, why not? Wow, chocolates are your thing, huh? You don't even know. My appreciation for chocolate verges on Kathy levels. Thank you, Dean. Cass pulled him in for a peck. I got you something, too. Give me a minute. He hadn't wanted to get anything too fancy, opting instead for useful. After all, Dean kept thanking him for the bed. A set of sheets since Dean had recently complained he only had one. I'm sorry they're not wrapped, he said, holding them out. Hey, thanks, I needed these. And I guess sheets are sort of romantic, right? What, I should have gotten you lingerie. Cash shot back. Ha, you jest, said Dean, raising an eyebrow. But I had a girlfriend when I was 19 who was into that, and I did not mind at all. You should have seen me all tricked out and satin panties and a garter belt. Nineteen. Cass groaned as that image flooded his brain. God, Dean, you're making me feel like a dirty old man just for picturing it. But you are picturing it. Fuck, of course I am. Tell me more about this woman. She sounds delightful. Dean laughed. Rhonda Hurley. She was a kinky chick. Actually, the first person who ever fucked me up the ass pulled out a strap-on one night, told me I'd love it. Next thing I knew, I was on all fours with her growling take it, bitch, in my ear. I came so hard it got in my eyelashes. Hmm, a high bar to set, but I think I can manage. Come here. Dean was in his arms in a second, their mouths joining as their hands roamed. Dean tried to steer them towards the bed, but Cass held firm. He had other ideas. Dean, he mumbled between kisses. Would you still want me to spank you? The whimper Dean gave was one Cass knew well by now, an unequivocal yes. I'm so down for that. You want to, uh, boss me around officially? Dom me, I guess it's called? The mood between them shifted, gone tentative, Cass loosened his grip on Dean's biceps and settled them lightly on his hips. I suppose that's the word for it. I don't... I'm not comfortable with calling us a dom-sub-relationship, are you? I don't know enough about it. Dean sighed with obvious relief. Yeah, me neither. I tried looking up sub on Wikipedia and just gave up a paragraph in. It was daunting, a lot of vocabulary. I mean, you know I fucking love it when you're rough, when you want to throw me around and tell me what to do, but can we just play around without having to read the whole handbook? Yes, Cass said, also relieved. He hadn't been quite sure what Dean wanted, but luckily it lined up with his own feelings. We can do whatever you want, Dean. I like throwing you around, too. And if you'd like me to have my way with you right now, I'd be very happy to oblige. Yes, please, said Dean, and leaned his head to the side, baring his throat. Cass took the invitation and bit down, pulling back to run his tongue over the bite as Dean's breath quickened. You're mine, Dean, Cass said into his ear, running slow fingers down his back. Say it. Yours, Cass. I'm all yours. Tell me how you want me. I want you naked, for one thing. Cass's fingers flew over the buttons of Dean's shirt while Dean took off his belt. Together they had him stripped in less than a minute, and Cass held him at arm's length, raking a deliberate glance down his body to rest on the slope of his hips, the jut of his cock between them. "'You know what you are?' "'Beautiful,' whispered Dean, color rising on his cheeks. "'Yes, so beautiful.' inside and out. Cass dropped his hands, clasping them together to hide their trembling. I'd like to bend you over the bed. Brace yourself on your elbows, ass in the air. Dean followed his orders, and Cass took a moment to enjoy the view. Dean's broad shoulders, his narrow waist, the peaks and valleys of his spine. In this position, his gluteal muscles stretched out, leaving just a hint of roundness. And Cass stepped closer to palm that curve, squeezing it while his other hand slid up to Dean's thigh, stopping just short of his groan. "'I want you to call me Castiel tonight,' he said gruffly. "'Can you do that for me?' "'Yes, Castiel,' Dean said to the mattress. "'That's very good. I'm going to spank you now. "'It's not a punishment.' It's a reward. He swatted Dean's ass with cupped hand, and Dean laughed. (laughs) Weak, he said, hardly felt it. I'm testing, Cass said. I don't want to hurt you too much. He tried again, a little harder. Dean shook his head. Come on, said Dean, wiggling his ass. Put some muscle into it. You don't have those arms for nothing. So Cass kept trying each strike more forceful, until one firm thwack made Dean yelp in satisfaction, left a reddened handprint behind. "'That's it,' said Dean, pushing back toward him. "'That's so good, Castiel. Again.'" Cass had never experienced pain as pleasure, and he watched in fascination as Dean writhed and moaned after every blow. When Dean winced away at last muttering ouch enough on that one he slapped the other cheek and dropped to his knees ran his tongue up the back of dean's balls and the cleft of his ass oh fuck dean panted oh fuck castiel and his words disappeared into one continuous whine as Cass spanked him and rimmed him in tandem looking at the pucker of his hole. "'while the smack of skin on skin rang out. "'Fuck me,' gasped Dean. "'Fuck me, fuck me,' and Cass slapped him again. "'Don't tell me what to do,' Cass growled and bit at his thigh. "'You can beg.' "'Please,' said Dean, and took it up as a chant, "'pleading while Cass left him for a moment to find the lube. "'When Cass first breached him with a slick finger,' Dean started repeating his name, just, Castiel, 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 and Cass's legs threatened to give out, his head dizzy with desire. Cass didn't bother to take off any of his clothes, just shoved his pants to his knees and lined up his cock. At his first thrust, Dean stumbled, knee-catching on the mattress, and climbed awkwardly onto all fours, Cass standing behind him. Cass gave him one last half-hearted slap and started pounding into him strong hands on hips pulling him back onto his cock i love you dean he gasped i love being inside you you're so tight and perfect you feel so good around me love your cock dean groaned love it come on please fuck me harder and Cass didn't care anymore if he was supposed to be in charge. Fucking Dean harder was exactly what he wanted to do, and so he did it. Reached around to touch Dean's cock, and barely made contact before Dean cried out and came, shooting over the bed, hips sagging into Cass's grip while Cass chased his own orgasm, rising from the base of his spine and sparking white hot behind his eyelids as he spilled deep inside. He collapsed forward onto Dean, and they lay in a sweaty mess, Cass's heart pounding like he'd just run a marathon. "'Well done,' he said breathlessly into Dean's hair. "'Thanks, you too,' Dean laughed. "'I'm so glad I can actually change these sheets.'" Chapter 3. After months of deflecting the offer, Dean finally let Cass buy him a plane ticket out to California to meet his niece with one condition, that Cass came along. Dean hated flying with the fire of a thousand suns, and he'd thought having Cass with him might soothe his nerves, but now that they were waiting to board at KCI, he was a bundle of anxiety, and neither Cass's hand on his nor the Xanax he'd taken were making a dent. "'What if they hate you?' he blurted suddenly. Cass looked up from his Us Weekly. He insisted celebrity gossip was the only appropriate reading material during air travel. "'Sam and Jess?' "'Yeah, and the baby. What if the baby starts crying every time you hold her? Hell, what if she starts crying every time I hold her? What if one of us drops her or there's an earthquake— or the fucking plane crashes before we even get there, or, or, I can't do this, Cass. Let's go back to my place, just stay in bed all week. He was clawing at Cass's thigh, heedless of the attention he was starting to attract from other passengers. Dean, Cass said, in what Dean was startled to recognize as the same tone of command he adopted during sex. He put his hand over Dean's on his leg. Dean. Look at me. And just as he did in bed, Dean obeyed automatically, turning to lock eyes with him. Can you breathe? Cass asked, and Dean shook his head, not sure how he made it to hyperventilating so quickly. I'll bet you can. Breathe with me, Dean. Don't look away. Cass took a deep breath, squeezing his hand, and released it when he breathed out. He held his gaze steady and kept up the pattern. Inhale, squeeze, exhale, release. Until Dean's own breath evened out and his shoulders slumped with relief. Better? Yeah, sorry. Uh, thank you for not telling me to calm down. That never works. Been reading up on how to have a bipolar boyfriend? He meant it as a joke, but Cass flushed and looked guilty. A little, yes he said. I'm sorry. Dean grabbed the back of his neck and pulled him in for a chaste but forceful kiss. I love you, he mumbled. Thank you. Of course, said Cass. I love you too, and I know I can't fix you, but I wanted to find out if there were any small things I could do to help. Hope you're okay with talking me down every time the plane hits a bump the whole way to California. I'm a pretty shitty flyer. I'm on it. Cass took his hand again and went back to his magazine. Excuse me, came a voice from across the aisle. A woman about their age with a toddler half asleep on her lap leaned toward them with a frown. Could you not do that in front of my child? It took Dean a second to realize what she meant, and then his face darkened. And he said before he thought better of it, Sure, I'll make you a deal. I'll stop holding my boyfriend's hand when you stop being a fucking bigot. Dean, Cass hissed as the woman's jaw dropped and she clamped her hands over the kid's ears. It's not worth it. You really want to move here? Dean was still looking daggers at the woman, anxiety turning into anger. I might live in the queer-friendliest part, but it's still fucking Kansas. Dean, I know it's frustrating, but getting angry right before you have to fly is only going to make it harder on you. Cass pulled their hands, still joined, over the armrest between them to rest on his knee. He addressed the woman frostily. Feel free to move if you'd like, but we're not doing anything inappropriate for a public space. She tried to stare him down, but Cass just sat there, calmly challenging, and eventually she muttered something nasty under her breath and hauled the kid up onto her lap so that he was looking over her shoulder. He was far more fascinated by the planes on the tarmac than the nightmarish spectacle of a two-man couple, and she relaxed a little, though she risked the occasional dirty look until her boarding row was called. Dean kept a death grip on Cass's hand down the jetway, only dropping it reluctantly when they had to negotiate the narrow aisle, and he needed both hands to keep from whacking someone in the head with his carry-on. As soon as they were settled, Cass by the window, pulling down the shade immediately when Dean shot him a terrified look. Dean grabbed for him again. We should just drive, he said. Let's get out and drive. We could make it there in 24 hours if we go straight through. We'll sleep in shifts. Dean, honey. The uncharacteristic pet name got Dean's attention. I love you, and I'm willing to accommodate your emotional issues, but that is the dumbest fucking thing you've ever said to me, and you know it. Dean laughed despite himself. Yeah, I know. Shit. Remind me how cute my niece is. From the pictures I've seen, I can verify that she is ridiculously cute. Absolutely adorable. Kawaii to the nth degree. And I haven't seen Sam or Jess in years. So I'm told. Also, you want to show me off. I do, yeah. Did I ever tell you that Sam was the one who lent me your first novel? He wouldn't shut up about it. Said you were a major new talent in dark fantasy or something blurby like that. Then I flipped to the author photo in the back, and that was all she wrote. All you wrote, I guess. You have told me, yes, more than once. Cass narrowed his eyes at Dean, whose face had softened into a beatific smile. Is that Xanax finally kicking in? Does being on Xanax make you feel like the whole world's sunshine and rainbows and Seven of Nine in her underwear? Could be. That sounds somewhat alarming. Nah, it's great. Everything's melty and nice. Want to make out while we take off? Cass looked across the aisle. The passengers on the other side were either well on their way to a sleep or already plugged into their devices. He grinned and pulled Dean towards him, kissed him into the sky. Chapter 4 Dean succumbed to the Xanax ten minutes into the flight and slept heavily on Cass's shoulder across the entire western half of the country. And Cass let him, because despite the drool, Dean was adorable, zonked on sedatives, making little snuffling noises into Cass's neck and getting inappropriately handsy. Cass had to gently remove Dean's hand from his crotch more than once. Dean woke with a start when they landed groaned when he saw the damp spot on Cass's shirt. Shit, babe, I'm sorry. You should have moved me off. And I would have if it bothered me. I've had your spit on my chest a few times, Dean. Don't worry about it. Dean blushed and wiped the corner of his mouth. Are we here? Just touched down in Oakland. We made it in one piece. Don't patronize me, dude. Dean sat up and ran a hand through his hair. Okay, you ready to meet the only family I've got? Absolutely. Well, nervous as hell, actually. Cass had never met a significant other's relatives before. Not exactly. He'd known Daphne's bigoted, overbearing parents since childhood, but he'd never been presented as a romantic interest until they were already engaged. This felt like it should be straightforward. They were just people, after all and he'd already enjoyed hanging out with Dean's friends. But it wasn't. Ha, I knew it. You don't have to be stoic for me all the time, Cass. You're allowed to have feelings, too. Just because I'm flailing over here doesn't mean I don't want you to tell me when you're freaked out. I'm not freaked out, really. It's just... It's a big step, somehow. Even at our age, meeting the family still feels momentous. I know. I'm glad you're here, though, said Dean punctuating his words with a soft kiss. Probably I'm still stoned, though, because I'm not nervous at all. They're going to love you. I'll shoot them a text that we've landed. They went through the usual airport ordeal. The plane sat 20 minutes waiting for the gate to clear. Dean got clocked in the head by someone pulling out their carry-on too fast. Everyone ahead of them in the aisle moved like molasses up a hill. But they persevered, and eventually... Haggard but cheerful, they made it to the waiting area, where Dean spotted his brother's shaggy head towering over the throng. Sammy, he bellowed, we're here. Sam waved and moved swiftly to meet them, engulfing Dean in a bear hug before turning to Cass with a huge grin. I can't believe I'm meeting THE Castiel Novak. I practiced this, you know. Had all sorts of smart things to say, but I forgot them. Big fan. Did Dean tell you I'm the one who made him read your first book? Cass laughed, glancing quickly at Dean. Yes, he mentioned it. I don't have anything smart to say either, don't worry. Nice to meet you. Sam's tall, blonde wife caught up with them, four month old Emma on her shoulder and a laden tote bag on the other. I'm sorry, someone decided I could handle all the baby crap at once. I'm Jess. Can I call you Cass? If you'd like, and this must be Emma. Emma regarded him solemnly from her mother's arms, plump and adorable in a Wonder Woman onesie. He wasn't sure whether to go for a handshake or a hug, but Jess quickly handed off the baby to Dean and came at him with open arms. Um, hello, he said when she released him. Oh, I'm sorry, probably crushed your ribs she said, still grinning. We're just so dang glad to see you. I mean, Sam's nerdery aside, it's so good to know Dean's happy. He deserves some happiness, you know. i do what I can, he said awkwardly, looking at Dean, who had an armful of infant and was gazing down at her with equal parts awe and terror. Dean caught him staring and called him over. Come here, Cass, this little critter is awesome, aren't you? Emma gurgled and kicked, gummy mouth wide in an approximation of a smile. "'Do you want to hold her?' Dean asked. "'Later, when I'm sitting down.' Instead, Cass offered her a finger, which she seized and immediately stuck in her mouth. A tiny frown creased her brow when he gently removed it. "'Sorry, little one, that's mine,' he said. He reached out to stroke her sparse golden hair. Her head was so warm beneath his palm. You guys are so cute, Jess cooed. You should have a baby like yesterday. Whoa, what? said Dean, blushing furiously. Jess, come on. Cass hasn't even moved in yet. But he will. And then Kansas will get marriage equality, and I'll help plan your wedding. And then you'll find a nice lady to make you a perfect little cousin for Emma to play with, Mark my words. Cass had no idea how to respond to this, so he simply adopted the deer and headlight strategy, freezing with his hand on the small of Dean's back. Jess, Sam patted her arm. You're scaring them. Give a chance to settle in. Plus, he said with a wry smile, you think she's cute now, but wait till you see her screaming bloody murder because we won't let her eat my phone. I can't help it, Sam. You two are just so in love. It's ridiculous. Uh, said Dean. Thanks. He hadn't really moved either, except for rocking Emma softly, almost unconsciously. Yes, said Cass, finally. We're in love, but we've also been traveling all day, so I'd like to table the notion of our possibly reproducing and get out of this airport. Yes, oops, sorry said jess want me to take her dean yeah if you don't mind i've got bags and stuff we uh brought her a present i can't wait to see it sam take one of their bags or something wait take this first she said shoving her tote into his arms and reaching for emma sam shrugged and shouldered Cass's laptop bag as well Cass wound that arm around dean instead left it there on the way to the car Chapter 5 They didn't make it back to Jess and Sam's place till around 8, so the latter gave Emma her bath and put her to bed while Jess called for Thai takeout and showed Dean and Cass to the guest room, such as it was. It's really the office, sort of, she said apologetically. It's supposed to be while I'm working from home, but I spend a lot more time on the couch. Don't tell the IRS. Half the available space was taken up by a queen-size air mattress, made up with sheets Dean recognized from Sam's college days. Your family seems determined to make me sleep on the floor. Cass grumbled quietly while Jess went to another room to call in their orders. Shrimp pad thai for Dean. Lau-style larb for Cass. It's only for a few nights, baby. And what, you'd rather be in a real bed alone? Dean shot him a saucy grin. Dean, there's no way this thing won't squeak and or explode if we try to fuck on it. Not to mention, you are very, very bad at being quiet. Dean shrugged. We'll figure something out, I'm sure. Jess poked her head back in. Dinner in a half an hour. Oh, also, sorry the bed's not really up to boning. It's all we've got. We're planning to put you up in a hotel near the airport before you leave, since we know you don't get a lot of quality time together. Yet she gave them a significant look and left again. Your sister in law is apparently psychic, said Cass after a moment. Were you aware of that? Doesn't surprise me, Dean said. She's way too good for Sammy. I've known that for ten years. The apartment was cute but small in the way of city living, and so they ate in the living room, containers on their knees. Jess continued to pepper them with questions through mouthfuls of noodles. Sam pretended to rein her in, but was clearly just as curious. "'Are you writing, Cass?' he blurted finally, cutting off Jess's attempts to discuss theoretical shared apartment decor. "'Shit, of course you're writing. Can you talk about what?' "'Uh, I'm working on a new novel, but it's pretty inchoate right now. "'Going half a dozen directions at once.' That's how I work, really. Huh. Fascinating. I mean, not to you, probably. (laughs) I bet you're tired of process questions. Promise I won't ask where you get your ideas. Cass laughed. Good, because I don't know. After dinner, having discovered neither Cass nor Dean had seen any orphan black, Sam insisted on a marathon that ended up lasting one and a half episodes before their hosts could no longer keep their eyes open. Oh, sorry, Jess said with a yawn. Sleep schedule still shot to pieces because baby. But she's supposed to start making it through the night any day now, so fingers crossed. Dean had relaxed into Cass on the sofa, head on his shoulder while Cass ran teasing fingers over the nape of his neck. Actually, he was less than fully conscious himself, though he hadn't realized it until he saw Sam start to drift off. It's fine, guys, he said. Traveling always tires me out, too. Post-flying, adrenaline wears off, boom. We'll pick it up tomorrow. You're taking a day off, right? Sam nodded. Jess will probably put in a few hours in the morning, but we won't tell her bosses she's doing it with the TV on. (laughs) Undressed for bed, Dean curled around Cass, the buoyant mattress groaning while they shifted into comfortable positions. Do you like them? he whispered. They're great, Cass answered, though Jess seems rather invested in a picket fence future for us, but I think she just wants to see you happy. I am happy, said Dean, kissing the back of his neck, with you. Likewise, Cass pressed back into him, molding his spine to the planes of Dean's torso. Dean buried his nose in Cass's hair, the thought that had been nagging at him for hours, refusing to depart. He should probably just leave it alone, taking it slow, always taking it slow. But he'd been mulling it over since Jess's declaration at the airport, so... Hey, babe, do you want kids? Sometime, I mean, not tomorrow or anything. Cass was quiet, turned over to face him. I've honestly never thought about it that much before, Dean. I haven't had many relationships where it even seemed like a distant possibility. But with you, a lot seems possible that didn't before. Why, do you? Yeah, Dean said. I like kids. I think I'm pretty good with them, even. Uh, when I lived with Lisa, her son looked up to me like goddamn Superman or someone, and I loved it. I loved being a dad. I fuck things all to hell, of course. I just. I can't risk passing on my genes, Cass. They're such a mess. If I. if I had a kid and they had the same shit. What if it wasn't caught in time? What if they killed themselves and it was my fault? Damn it. He was crying. Not much, but enough that Cass could see the dim light from the street outside glinting off his tears. And he reached to gather them up gently stroking Dean's face. "'It's all right, love,' he said. "'You don't have to do that. "'Have a biological child. "'You could. "'We could. "'After a while, we could adopt.' "'I want a kid with your eyes, though,' said Dean. "'Not enough blue eyes in the world. "'None like yours.' "'He brushed a finger over Cass's eyelashes, "'touched the petal-soft corner of one eye. Don't want him to die out. Cass grinned in the shadows and leaned over to catch Dean's lower lip between both of his. They kissed softly, legs tangling, until Cass pulled away with a tiny nip at Dean's mouth. There's options, he said. We can work with that when the time comes, if it comes. He sighed. When? Seeing you hold Emma, Dean. Yes, I'd like to raise a child with you. Stop it, said Dean. You're being perfect again. Sorry, Cass said with a laugh. Go to sleep, Dean. Dean rolled over so he was the little spoon. Cass's knees tucked behind his and one hand splayed on his stomach. Of course, at 4 a.m., when Emma started wailing in the next room, her little lungs powerful as an air raid siren, Dean decided further consideration was required. Chapter 6 They spent two days straight in the apartment, ordering takeout, binge-watching British TV, and cooing more high-pitched nonsense at the baby than Cass would ever have believed himself capable of. Sam blushed as he asked Cass to inscribe a stack of dog-eared copies of his novels. Jess toned down the happily-ever-after rhetoric, although she did get misty-eyed when Dean dozed off on Cass's shoulder while holding Emma. All in all, it was strangely easy for Cass to be there, part of this warm, loyal family. It wasn't something he'd ever had, and he was glad Dean did. Like Cass's love, it couldn't fix him, but it sure as hell couldn't hurt. "'Are you bored?' Dean asked him the morning of the third day, while they got dressed in the guest room. "'Should we go out and do something?' "'Like what?' said Cass. "'Wait, don't put your pants on yet.' He stuck one hand at the leg of Dean's boxers to give his ass a thorough grope, nuzzling the back of his neck. Can I blow you tonight? Up against the wall so the mattress doesn't squeak. Uh, yeah, okay. Dean turned around and kissed him. But seriously, all we've been doing is hanging out here, and I love it, but you just met these people. I'll understand if you need a breather from Winchester family time. Dean... Cass kissed him on the nose, and the way Dean's face crinkled up in distaste was so cute he had to do it again. We came here to see your family, not the city. We can look around, see if there's something worth leaving the house for, but otherwise, I'm just fine right here. Okay, if you're sure. We should ask Sam and Jess, though. I mean, Bay Area's got to have better stuff to do than KC, right? Neither of them had any immediate ideas, however. I don't think we've been out for fun since November, maybe, said Sam. Definitely not since Emma was born. I mean, there are baby-friendly bars in this neighborhood, but that's a little too hipster for us. Oh, wait, I know, Jess said suddenly, jostling Emma at her breasts when she turned to Dean excitedly. You should go to that shipwreck thing tonight. You're book people, you'll love it. Shipwreck, said Cass. It rang a bell somehow. Yeah. There's this bookstore in San Francisco. They do it every month. Invite a bunch of authors to write dirty fanfic about classic books, like Moby Dick or The Great Gatsby. And then they all read them aloud, and the filthiest wins. Last time I followed along on Twitter, I woke up Emma because I couldn't stop laughing. It's perfect. I insist you go. Twitter, yes, that's where I know it from. It is perfect, Dean. I think this month is Narnia. Can we go? Please. He drew out the word into a wheedle. Well, if you're going to bat your eyes at me like that, I don't see how I have a choice, said Dean, reaching over to muss his hair. Does that mean we have to borrow the minivan? Shut up, Dean. Wait till you have kids. Sammy, you've got one kid. She could fit in one of those rolly suitcases. You don't need that much room. (laughs) Take it or leave it, guys. They took it, of course. The store was already hopping when they got there, and they headed straight for the bar, thus to fortify themselves for the prospect of childhood ruining Aslan sex. The skinny kid manning the bar almost dropped a full bottle of wine at their approach. "'Shit!' he said. "'You're you! You're Castiel Novak!' "'Oh, that's right. Authors got recognized in bookstores.' "'Yes,' said Cass. "'I'm me.' And when the boy's eyes flickered to Dean, he added, And this is my partner, Dean. He put his hand on the small of Dean's back, gently stroked the dip of his spine. Alfie, the kid said. Wow, you guys are a lot of hot for one relationship. Oh my God, forget I said that. Can I get you guys a beer? On me. Riders drink free. Uh, said Dean, who seemed unsure whether to shake the kid's hand or flee. "'I'm not a writer, though.' "'He runs a bookstore,' said Cass when Dean clammed up. "'In Kansas City.' "'Shit!' Alfie exclaimed. "'Author, bookseller, power couple? "'That is fucking perfect! "'Let me—can I please take a pic of you two for the store tumbler? "'We can plug your store and everything, Dean.' "'It's okay with me,' Cass said. "'Dean.' "'Sure. Free publicity, I guess.' They posed while Alfie snapped a picture with his phone. Cass's arm around Dean's waist, Dean slipping his own over his opposite shoulder. Dean jotted down his info, and then they finally collected their drinks. Booksellers drink free, too, obviously. And went to find a seat. That was weird, Dean said. Does that happen to you a lot? I am somewhat famous in very specific context, yes. Does that bother you? Not much. I feel a little like arm candy, but I think I like the internet knowing you're taken. Taken, given, held, said Cass, and stopped them right there to kiss Dean fervently on the mouth. Behind them, they heard Alfie squeak. Cass couldn't remember the last time he'd laughed so hard, or cringed so mightily. Turned out even the wardrobe got laid, or drunk so much. Alfie kept pressing beers on him unbidden, and by the end of the night he was at least two sheets to the wind. Dean, who'd quit after one so he could drive home, was thoroughly amused. Especially because Cass was a handsy drunk, not a groper really, but he couldn't stop touching Dean, running fingers through his hair, petting the soft skin on the inside of Dean's wrist. He wiggled one hand into Dean's back pocket while they walked back to the car, and he crowded Dean up against the passenger door, pressing their hips together and licking up his neck. "'I want to blow you on the way home,' he said and bit at the corner of his jaw. "'Nope,' said Dean. "'Not going to crash Sam's car because I was getting roadhead. "'Be patient, baby.' "'But it's an hour,' Cass whined. "'A whole hour where your cock's not in my mouth.' I know, baby, I know, I want it too, but we gotta wait. Cass pouted for the first ten minutes of the drive, then fell into a shallow doze. Dean had to shake him when they arrived, but his touch on Cass's shoulder was enough to get him going again. He found half a dozen good spots on their way through the darkened apartment to push Dean up against furniture and grind their hips together. By the time they made it into the guest room, they were both hard and panting. "'and a button flew off Cass's shirt when Dean took it off. "'Baby, hey, I want you too,' said Dean "'as Cass shoved him into the back of the door "'and dropped to his knees. "'69?' "'Where, on the floor?' "'Cass had Dean's pants around his ankles, "'leaned in to kiss the inside of his thigh. "'On the mattress, come on, I can be quiet with my mouth full.' "'As if Cass could refuse that offer. "'They tumbled onto the bed,' Dean flat on his back. Cass straddled Dean's head, knees bumping his shoulders, and Dean pulled him down by his ass cheeks, slipping his tongue between them. Fuck, Cass said, and moved quickly to get Dean's cock in his mouth to muffle his groans. It was always overwhelming, sucking and being sucked at once. Dean's mouth, warm and wet, working him over expertly. His rising moans throbbing through Cass's own cock, It drove him wild, and he tightened his grip on Dean's hips, moved his head faster. When Dean started to thrust, muscles straining beneath Cass's hands, he pulled off to say, Come on me, Dean, I want it, and stroked him once, twice, three times before Dean seized up and came, hot and sticky, over Cass's lips and chin. Dean heaved Cass's hips up and over, Flipped him on his back to swallow him again. Cass came down his throat, biting his forearm to keep from crying out. He whimpered as Dean crawled up beside him, started licking his own cum off of Cass's face. Fuck, you're just full of good ideas tonight, he said. Mmm, thanks. Nothing like erotic Narnia to get my engine revving. Chapter 7. Dean woke up with an aching back and tailbone, a sure sign he was getting too old to 69 on an air mattress. He turned over to wake up Cass and whine about his lost youth, expecting the squeak he'd been putting up with all week. Instead, he heard the thump of his hip bone connecting with hard wood, and he realized the situation was worse than he'd thought. "'Babe,' he muttered, shaking Cass, "'I think we broke the bed.' Cass let out a long, protesting groan and tried to snuggle further into the pillow, instead cracking his head on the floor. Ow. Fuck. He sat up, rubbing his skull. Dean, I think we broke the bed. That's what I just said, doofus. Hauling himself up to a crouch, Dean ran his hands over the limp ruin of the mattress until he found a sizable gap in one seam. Shit, I don't know if this is fixable. Let me feel, said Cass, leaning over with a frown, and Dean stifled a laugh. What? Can't wait to get your fingers in my hole, huh? Dean said, and ducked as Cass aimed a swat at the back of his head. Sorry, sorry. You're just so fucking cute when you don't want to be awake. All bed-headed and scowly like a grumpy owl. Glad I amuse you. Cass yawned and stretched, and Dean thought, Owl? No, definitely kitten. Give me my phone and I'll just order them a new one. Oh, because I'm an entire foot closer to it than you are? Maybe I just want to watch your ass sway while you walk across the room. Hmph, said Dean, but he went anyway, because he kind of loved it when Cass stared at his ass. He tossed Cass' phone and noticed a text alert on his own from Charlie. Hey, boss? Did you know you're blowing up on Tumblr? What the hell does that mean? He texted back. Charlie handled all the social media for the store. It wasn't that he couldn't have figured it out. He wasn't that old. It was simply intimidating. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and whatever else there was that he hadn't heard of yet. Maybe he was that old. So he left it to her to post book recs and photos from events. Last he heard, their following was respectable, but nothing to write home about. Charlie's response was a bit alarming. Dude, call me. And she picked up on the first ring. What's going on? Dean asked. Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, totes. It's just you guys went out last night? And you know this why? Because, Dean... The booksmith posted a pic of you two all lovey devy, and it got picked up by that hot nerd blog for obvious reasons. And the store's got like a hundred new followers, and it's all because they want to bang you. Or, you know, watch you and Cass go at it in scandalous detail. Huh, said Dean, and then said it again. Let me get this straight. There are strangers on the internet talking about my sex life. I have no clue how I'm supposed to react to that. I couldn't tell you, she said. Give Cumberbatch a call, I guess. I mean, Cass has a lot of fans online. He's an attractive dude. And you, objectively? Were I not gay, I would take you in a womanly fashion. Uh, thank you, said Dean. I'll remember that at your next performance review. Look, this isn't a bad thing, Dean. Maybe even good for business, right? Why order off the boring old Amazon when you can come by from Cass Novak's hot boyfriend? Yeah, I guess, as long as they're not expecting a dick pic with Purchase. Who on earth are you talking to? Asked Cass with raised eyebrows. Charlie, Dean said to Cass, and to the phone. Charlie, if everything else is fine, I need to go get coffee and process. And tell your brother we broke the bed, Cass added. Dean cringed as he hung up. Any chance you could do it? Pretty, pretty, please, with a blowjob on top? Cash shook his head. I was perfectly happy to suck you off up against the wall, Dean. I ordered a new one. It'll be here next week. But the explanation is on you. After you tell me what the hell Charlie was talking about. Sam informed them over awkward breakfast that they'd not only busted the mattress, but woken him with their shenanigans. Nothing like realizing what I thought was my daughter crying was my brother coming. But once they'd done an appropriate amount of groveling, their last day in California was good. Great, even. True to their word, Jess and Sam had gotten them a hotel room near the airport, where Dean happily climbed atop Cass on the king-sized bed and rode him loud and hard. You know what I'm looking forward to in a couple of months, Cass said into Dean's hair when it was over. Dean dismounted, still panting, and laid down along his side. What? The lack of urgency, said Cass. Now I can't keep my hands off you because there's another deadline. We go back home tomorrow, and I want all of you I can have while I can. But then I'll get to see you daily, and I won't have to have sex with you every day, because the days will keep happening, and I'll get to touch you on all of them. Cass was running his hand up Dean's back and down again. It was making him sleepy. You're looking forward to having less sex, Dean said. I'm looking forward to its being optional. Dean really needed to hit the shower before he fell asleep. But for the moment, he just snuggled closer. I know exactly what you mean, he murmured, and kissed the underside of Cass's jaw. The end. Thank you so much for your support. You can contact me on Twitter, Tumblr, or by emailing me at makingitupaswegopod at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening.